Haven't heard of Time for Learning yet? Well, here's everything you need to know. Time for Learning is a comprehensive online curriculum for pre-K through 12th grade that is perfect for homeschooling. So much so that it is one of Kathy Duffy's 102 top picks. Time for Learning is student-paced and features adjustable grade levels, automated grading, and over 4,000 lessons and activities that are fun and engaging across all subjects. Time for Learning makes life easier for parents by providing customized reports, detailed lesson plans, and an activity planner that lets you choose the lessons you want your child to be learning. You can start, stop, or pause your membership at any time, and there's even a 14-day money-back guarantee. There's really nothing to lose. Give it a try today by visiting timeforlearning.com slash ultimate homeschool and see for yourself why Time for Learning is the best homeschooling decision you'll ever make. Again, visit timeforlearning.com slash ultimate homeschool today. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms and today we are going to be talking about the little ones. We're going to be talking about handwriting basics and then in the next episode we're going to be talking about handwriting success. If you want the show notes for today's episode, go to vintagehomeschoolmoms.com and look for episode 339, Handwriting Basics. And I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Time for Learning. It's time, the number four, learning.com. And check them out. Kathy Duffy gave them a rating um, in her book. I'm not sure which one of them, but uh, I just heard that recently. And they are um, our sponsor. And we just, let me just do that whole thing again. I don't like that because I can't remember what book it's in. She's got 100, 101, and 102 top picks. Let me just do that again. And I want to give our sponsor a shout-out, and that is Time for Learning. And you can find out more information at time, the number four, learning.com. That's timeforlearning.com. And our sponsors allow us to bring you these episodes for free, so we really thank them for that. Well, today I have a special guest on the line who happens to be my husband's sister and my sister-in-law, who is so awesome, and that is Jody Orr, who is from Virginia and has given up her time so she can teach us about handwriting basics. Welcome, Jody. Hi, Felice. It's good to be here. I thank you so much for coming on, and you have a background in uh, teaching little ones, and you've been a director of preschool. So, do you want to give us a little bit of background of um, your experience? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I went to college and began in physical therapy, and then I switched to human development. And so, I have a bachelor's of science in human development. And um, after that, I I worked in a variety of different positions and uh, nonprofit organizations, but then 
when I had children of my own, of course, I uh, began a teaching career that I think I have been doing for, oh, off and on, 20 years, a little more maybe. Wow. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. I can't believe it. <laughs> and and uh, you kept your little ones home um, from preschool, whereas I put mine into preschool, the first two anyway, and then I ended up homeschooling. And then so we kind of like flip-flopped and you did not homeschool, but you've always been such a wonderful support to us in our homeschool. So I, I thank you for that. And Jody's claim to fame is she was not married and a, and a young young whippersnapper at the time. Jeff and I got married. You're a few years older or younger. I'm older. And um, you taught Neil how to escape our backyard because she thought little ones just should learn how to do everything. But, you know, it was like he couldn't get the latch open. (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to have that. (laughs) I know. Or maybe it was your mom's yard. I don't know if we had a fence. So I can't remember. It's been too long. You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yes. But also, yeah. but it came in more handy at my parents who's, um, and that's where the problem came. It worked fine at your house because the play equipment was in the backyard, but at my parents' house, the play equipment was on the side yard. So Neil needed to be able to escape to get to the play right. equipment. And so of course I was, you know, thinking more about his fine motor abilities and, you know, being independent and, you know, I wasn't the mommy. So yeah, it made complete sense right. to me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have your three girls and they're older too. You know, we've, we've got kids graduated from college, which is always exciting. And you've got grandchildren too. And it's really fun because they're in Tampa, which is not that far from me. So I get to see Jody. um, when she comes to visit, so it's wonderful. But Jody, today we are going to talk about handwriting basics, and you have some things listed. And again, listeners, um, it's on the website at vintagefromschoolmoms.com. Um, you can find this information. Um, but you, you know, talk about handwriting in that it involves many components, and we just think about handwriting and like hand the kid a pencil or a crayon and let's just go. But it's a lot more than that. And if we do these things, um, if I had only known, then it will help strengthen their hands and and so forth so that they can write successfully. So share those with us, would you? Well, on, on, on the uh, paper that I developed for you, uh, kind of halfway down, I talk about handwriting not beginning with paper and pencil. And so for all of us who um, are parents and you're working with your children at home and you're, I mean, just regular life skills. That's the kind of thing that, um, you know, not only is it like with Neil, not only is it independence, but it's allowing, you know, encouraging the child to do things on their own, which they may not be successful at in the beginning, but with a little coaching and a little practice, they are good at they can become good at like buttoning and zipping and opening the door sorry Felice but opening the door and um, (laughs) picking up their own toys and all of the things you know that um, children do in play with their hands I mean later we'll talk I guess about their whole body but um, it all it's all part of the strengthening and uh, the dexterity and the motion that later will be used in activities that we consider more academic or school focused, but they actually all begin at home, which we all know is true. So all of that at home stuff 
um, really does come into play when it is time for them to start to think about handwriting. So um, if you don't mind, I'll just go ahead and talk about the different kinds of skills. There Mm -hmm. are visual motor skills, and um, that's something, that's copying. So if you see something, can you therefore do it? Like a dance move, like an athletic move, like drawing a picture, like anything where you your eyes are seeing it and you're supposed to try to get your body to copy it or repeat it that's called visual motor skills and those come in to play in life but they also come into play again when we start just to have them sit down and do some more academic activities and then the second one is fine motor skills and of course that makes complete sense so fine motor skills as opposed to gross motor skills gross motor skills being large muscles there's my physical therapy for you, versus mm-hmm. fine motor skills, which are hands, wrists, fingers, uh, toes, that are, are more for um, the, the dexterity and the um, more perfect kind of movements that we, that we do. And, of course, we can all understand how strengthening your hand will be important later on when they're trying to write. And the third set of skills are called bilateral skills. And that's a, any, any activity where you're using both sides of your body. And generally, I guess they can mirror each other. But generally, what I'm talking about when I say that is when the left side is doing something different than the right side. So an mm-hmm. example of that is um, holding a paper still with your, your right hand. It's holding a paper still with your left hand while you are coloring or writing with your right hand. So the left side of the body has a job and a very important job. When you're cutting, the um, non-dominant hand will be holding the paper in a grasp, and then the dominant hand will be using the scissors. So any kind of bilateral, that happens. And so when you're outside playing and they're, they're, they're holding onto one thing and they're doing something else with their hand, throwing a ball up in the air, hitting a ball, their hands and their bodies are usually functioning not always in a mirror, and that's so good. So those are, those are excellent things to do in play, and then they'll repeat themselves again when we're doing more classroom and academic skills. And then hand strength and endurance kind of goes right along with the second one, which was fine motor skills, where you're just developing, um, so you're developing the hand, so the hand performs the grip, and it also the fingers perform the pinch. And so those are separate and both really important later when we talk about uh, pencil grip or crayon grip. Um, mm-hmm. Grip is important and pin- pinching the fingers is, is, is also a, <laughs> a strength. Like your fingers have muscles and you have to strengthen them just like when you're playing the guitar or um, keyboarding both on a mm-hmm. computer or a musical instrument or, you know, horns and flute and all of that, you know, we're using our hands that way. And then my final um, kind of skill that we talk about is executive functioning. And that's where your thought plays a role in the strategy, in the thinking, in the planning and the organizing of what you're about to ask your body to do. So if you're going to ask your body to cut, then 
thinking about sitting down, thinking about holding that paper with your left hand, thinking about um, the scissors have a large opening and a small opening and holding the scissors right side up. All these kinds of planning. And then once you've got everything where it belongs, where are you headed with those scissors? And so I spend quite a lot of time with my students talking about the strategy of cutting off, for instance, the excess paper so that you can get closer mm -hmm. to what you're really trying to do. So executive functioning will play a role in their success while they're trying to use their newly found um, handwriting sort of components. Very good. And I never Sorry would have that. gone. That was you know, long. No, that was good though. But you know, we what we do is we hand the kid scissors and a, and a piece of paper and then they get frustrated and we take it out of their hands and then we just cut it for them and hand it back. And so this gives us some things that, you know, we can think about doing and allowing them to be successful, you know, and it's funny, Jody, this is like, so you, you know, I'd be so impatient sitting there, oh, come on, you know, time's a waste in here. Right. And you're, you're always, you know, good at allowing them to do it, to make their mistakes and, and then learn from that. You're right. Being successful is so so important and it isn't something they necessarily can accomplish on their own being successful is like they need a coach they need somebody who's thinking a little bit ahead of them and then coaching them through so that like I draw a line on a paper for some of my students so that I say you're going to start here and you're going to end up over here and cut it all the way off just cut it off and get mm -hmm. it out of your way because a lot of children don't like stuff hanging onto their hands so, I mean, there's right. just so many things that a, that a parent, teacher can do to have it be a successful experience. And that's really, I want them to be happy with their outcome. Because then they're going to be more engaged and be happy, you know, happy about doing yeah. it rather than, you know, being upset uh -huh. or having a little meltdown. And then no, all never. of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not our kids. No. Um, um, so all of this, you know, involves the entire body, too, which is amazing to me, um, you know, that the whole body gets involved in this. Right. So and I, um, a little bit. I did find that out, you know, as a mom being home with my uh, guys, a lot of times you put them at the dining room table. And um, what I found pretty early on, I guess, and maybe it was trial and error, was that um, when they sat at the little kid picnic table, their work was so much better. So, and, and, and like it lasted longer and they had more fun. Well, as it, a fine, you know, as I do my research and find out more about it and then worked in a classroom that had appropriate sized table and chairs, I find out that, um, of course, you know, when you have a child able to put their feet on the floor, that they're actually, actually leveraging their you know like their body to produce some of the work that they're doing by um pushing off with their toes and their feet and um posture is important i have my students notice where their hips are and um their feet are on the floor and in front of them i have students that want to put their feet off to the side and you know they can't leverage their weight and um to cut and to color and to have any, like when we're doing Play-Doh, 
I mean, you can see it. You know, you know that when you're working, so you can feel yourself pushing with your toes when you're working at a counter in the kitchen or you're um, ironing or doing whatever. <laughs> Not you, of course, Felice, but other people who iron. Um, <laughs> she knows me. <laughs> but anyway, I don't really know who you are either. But dusting, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? What you're doing, you can you feel, even if your hands are doing really the majority of the work, you'll know, if you pay attention, you'll start to notice. So being at a, t- a kid size table and chairs is really important for them to, um, if you're looking for um, success and you're looking for developing good work habits, that will mm-hmm. carry on and that's like more efficiency and just positive experience because kids don't want to sit at the table forever. So I try right. to help them figure out how to accomplish the tasks in the shortest amount of time possible with the best results. I think that's in everybody's best interest. And you give some examples for fine motor skills that um, of things that the kids can do that will help with that. And these are just things that are everyday um, kinds of things. So why don't you share those? Sure. So working with Play-Doh, clay, anything like that. And you know, that just right there, Play-Doh, you can have them making the snakes, which is an open hand. You can have them rolling balls. And then once they roll a ball and they, they can pinch the ball flat, that's so now you've let them use their whole hand and they're pinching cutting them out with um, cookie cutters. You know, there's just so many things you can do with Play-Doh and warming Play-Doh up. I always have, I live up north, of course, and our Play-Doh gets cold. And um, so they spend the first little while with the Play-Doh between their two palms and they're warming it up. And just that kind of squeezing, that's good for their arm muscles. Mm -hmm. It's good for their hands. Anyway, so Play-Doh is awesome. But any of the big things that you do outdoors where they're using their hands for a a grip, a grasp, like swinging, playing with most sports equipment, gardening, any of those tools that you hang on to, those are all super fun to use. And then, but they're also giving you that hand strength that you will use later when you're trying to sit down and perform some academic activities, climbing, Mm -hmm. toys, um, Legos. Legos provide just enough resistance and and, uh, it's it's a lot of finger work, but just enough resistance where it's a great opportunity to get that little button to snap, you know, on a Lego. So anyway, I think most of those things and stacking, Kind of a little precision-y, moving your wrist. That's super mm-hmm. good. And then last would be coloring. Only because that's a activity you do that is really closely, marker work is really closely related to um, actual handwriting. Right. And these are all great things. And even with the Legos, they have the Duplo blocks or whatever generic thing is out there so that they're bigger for the kids. And, you know, I love that you say that handwriting doesn't begin with paper and pencil because that really gives, you know, us a lot of things to do with the kids. And for homeschoolers, sometimes the little ones, you know, what what are you going to do with them? That's a fun thing that they can do while the kids are doing school. And these are, you know, lots of little activities that you can do with them 
and have it in a special box that you do only for school time. And Mm -hmm. that makes them feel special as well. And you've got 10 activities uh, that strengthen hands and fingers. And the last one on here is coloring. And we're going to cover that more in the next session. But I'd like to go over those as well. Okay. And on that list, I also have lacing. So lacing Mm -hmm. is, you know, that's, see, that's a visual motor thing where, you know, you're definitely using your eyes to see how to sew through those little holes. um, And it's pinching. Bite, you know, bite, gripping, handlebars, gripping tools, sports equipment. Also, um, mm-hmm. lately we've been using um, sponges, and people use sponges so that the children don't put too much water, like on a plant. So mm-hmm. they put the sponge in the bucket, and then they squeeze the water over, you know, maybe the newly popped up little seedlings so that you don't drown it with your watering can. But a watering can is all grip, and you know if you're if you're using the watering can or the hose, any of these things that um, we do dressing, you know, letting a child dress themselves or at least try, you know. And again, it's not like I let I do not like to let people struggle. I will help it get started, but then I'll ask them to pinch it and pull it the rest of the way. Or do you know what I mean? You want to set them up right for success and I always tell them what I'm doing and what I'm thinking so that I can turn it over to them in little pieces. Did I miss any of those? No, I think that's good. And then those again are on the site. So, you know, it, it takes different amounts of time, as you said, and there's different degrees of difficulty. And then actually, where you just will, you know, back up a little bit, right? And just say, okay, well, we need to work on this a little bit more. Because typically, we don't think there is any prerequisite because most of us didn't go through it as well. You know, we just, the stuff was there, we did it, and, you know, we did it poorly. And then we wonder why, you know, our our kids have difficulty writing or they, um, you know, they don't want to color and things like that. Well, how can they if they don't really have those motor skills that make it successful? So I think that's something that, you know, is really, really comes out of this discussion, Jody, or things that, you know, I didn't think about before. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was so funny that you have to, because, you know, you, you lived in Florida a long time before you went to school up north. And, um, you know, I, don't you think it's funny you have to warm up your Play-Doh? <laughs> yeah, like, it is kind of funny. I'm not sure my mom like wanted hot. hot Play-Doh, but uh-huh. no, it's no. true. But uh, we do have to warm it up up here. So, yeah, well, it, I, you know, I like to make it, just, yeah. What you just said about, um, and I think we'll talk about that in the next session, but, you know, you really want to set them up for success. And another way to do that is to, you know, um, have activities that are, going to not be too challenging to start and Mm -hmm. then slowly adjust so that it is a little more challenging and a little more challenging and a little more challenging you really don't want to like give them a fine detailed picture to color I mean that's just silly when they're just starting out because then they're gonna they, they can't do it and so then they just scribble past the lines Okay, and so then later we have to talk about, oh, notice the lines, and you know, that's a detail. So the hair is gonna is different than the face, so it's all not going to be blue, you know, like change colors. Right. <laughs> so, 
So right. just kind of adjusting the, the um, how hard or how detailed. So in the beginning, a lot of students will just color shapes, like a whole big shape. Like so I might have a triangle and it might be a large triangle. And then they're using their 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 larger two fine motor skills. So the whole arm might move when they're coloring the big space, but then they get to the edges, you know, and then you can kind of slow it down a little. But again, in the beginning, you're just trying to have them hold the crayon or pencil properly or use their feet and sit where they, it's hard and it's a process and you do, you like you're saying, you back it up. You see what, how they're right. being successful and you encourage the successful part and then slowly add um, a little bit of time. How much time are you asking them to spend to do it? And then add a little bit of, of difficulty. Good. All right, Jody, we are going to end the session now, but the next one is on handwriting success. So I really appreciate you coming on. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, everyone. You can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, episode 338. And thanks again to our sponsor, Time for Learning. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.